I was working as director of IT mm-hmm. at the time, and my team had to take, you know, clinicians who had been working for decades mm-hmm. in front of their patients and really working through providing the therapy, providing their management. And when we had to shift, we had mm-hmm. 10 days to bring, you know, hospital up to mm-hmm. do teletherapy. And when I watched it and watched how difficult it was for the clinicians, Mm -hmm. but then once everyone started going, how convenient it was. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers. I'm the founder and CEO of J. Flowers Health Institute, and I am super excited today to welcome our guest, and her name is Lacey, and I'm going to get her last name absolutely correct. Tis a no. Yes. Yeah, I yes. love it, Lacey. That's fantastic. How are Thank you? Thank you. Great. Good. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I know how busy you are and amazing your life is, and I loved the story of your journey and where you came from and where you've been and where you are today, and almost more excited about where you're going in the future with something that's super excited that I hope we get to talk about today. Great. Yeah. Thank and you. And that's your new app, right? Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm very excited today. We're talking about mother-daughter relationships, and we have an innovative new app to talk to you about that Lacey has created to enhance the relationship, and it's called Passport Journeys. Yes. I love it. Can you tell us about Passport Journeys? Sure. So it's under development now, and it'll be ready in October. So the app is a teletherapy app for mother-daughter pairs. Mm -hmm. So mother-daughter want a better relationship. They download the app, fill out a few questions. Based on their answers, we'll match them with a licensed clinician. And then they'll start a monthly journey where they see their clinician. They see their therapist through the app. They get worksheets, journals, et cetera. And it's a a healing journey for mother-daughter pairs. That is so... You know, when I first heard the story, my immediate reaction was, oh my gosh, I wish my mother and my sisters had had this app, right? right? Yeah. Because mother-daughter relationships, like any relationship, can obviously be difficult at best sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I know you have a... Absolutely. So let's talk about that. Tell me more about the app, rather. Tell us more about the teletherapy component of the app. Okay, so I'm not a clinician, mm-hmm. but I'm a technology leader. Got it. And so I have seven licensed clinicians mm-hmm. who have come on as my clinical advisory board. And we are building out a teletherapy platform. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after the questionnaire is filled out, after you get matched with a licensed clinician, you really begin a monthly journey with your clinician. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of teletherapy apps out there. Right. BetterHelp is the leader in the space. Right. There's two things that will really make us different. Mm-hmm. So number one, the niche market of mother-daughter. There's right. not an app that is targeted for relationships. Most are for 
anything, anyone. So we're really going to a laser-focused approach on the relationship. Sure. And then the second piece is we'll be the first teletherapy app to actually prescribe activities. Mm -hmm. So the other apps, they have journaling, they have worksheets, but we will actually, the clinician will get to know the mother-daughter pair, Mm -hmm. and each month we'll assign an activity for them to do, whether it's in-person or virtual, to help promote intentional bonding. So I think we're going to stand out in that way. I absolutely uh, believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And I've participated in some of these other apps, and you're right. There's no specific activity that you do, right? Yeah. There's journaling, but there's no homework assignments and things like that. So yeah. I think you guys are going to stand out. And I've never seen an app that's targeted to mother-daughter relationships. And something that you said a little bit earlier when we were sitting here chatting, getting ready for this podcast that made me super excited is that one of your advisory board members said, let's talk about the definition of what a mother-daughter is, right? So can you tell the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I was on another podcast for a university a few months ago, and I was talking about just the birth of this idea. And the podcast interviewer said, so how are you going to ensure that you're inclusive? Because this is a very specific app. And I sort of froze. I bet. And I thought, the first person who came to my mind is an LPC that I know. Mm. I used to work with her in the past. And I called her that night and I said, hey, I really want to know if you could be on my advisory board, hold us accountable to inclusive language. Uh, She's an LGBTQ plus uh, specialized counselor. So she has come on and every Friday my cab meets and she'll say, what about tweaking it a little bit so that we're not doing it only for women and we're not saying ladies and girls, but we're being, you know, inclusive to say anyone who identifies. Yep. As a mother-daughter pair, you know, this app is for you and just trying to be more open that way. I think that is absolutely amazing. And I think that also completely separates you and brings you out in front of the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. Absolutely. Tell me what influenced this and what was the birth of the idea of this app? So great question. From the relationship piece, my own personal story with my mother is what inspired me to create it. Mm -hmm. So I have a beautiful love story to be told for my own mother-daughter relationship. And while I was going through some ups and downs with her, I also have been in technology, Mm -hmm. healthcare, IT for over 10 years. And so when the pandemic hit, I saw and my team had to support thousands of video visits with their therapists that were traditionally in person before Mm -hmm. the pandemic, they were coming in. So I think as I was creating this, how can I help mother-daughter pairs? And Mm -hmm. also in my career, I was supporting this teletherapy. I thought, you know what? It's just as, you know, what the research is showing is that it's just as effective as in-person therapy. So how can I make this more accessible? How can I bring clinicians to where the mother-daughter pair, where they are in their journey and convenient and comfortable for them at home. And so I got the idea. It started rolling and, you know, left my job in February. Wow. So I'm a very new entrepreneur, but it's exciting. I love it. That is so cool. I love the feeling as well. And I can sense your passion and your excitement about it. You know, I would think that, or I don't, it's not that I think the pandemic really changed the way we think and react to teletherapy yeah, and Zoom meetings and everything else. So talk a little bit more about how the pandemic and teletherapy evolved for you personally and helping you become successful in launching this new app. Yeah. So I was working as director of IT mm-hmm. at the time and my team 
had to take, you know, clinicians who had been working for decades mm. in front of their patients and really working through providing the therapy, providing their management. And when we had to shift, we had mm. 10 days to bring, the, you know, hospital up to do mm-hmm. teletherapy. And when I watched it and watched how difficult it was for the clinicians, mm-hmm. but then once everyone started going, mm-hmm. how convenient it was. You no longer had to drive across town right. to come sit in the office. Yeah. You know, you could do it anywhere in your home. Mm-hmm. You could do it walking at the park, you know, on an iPad, a phone. I think that convenience and me being an innovative technology mm-hmm. lover, sure. I thought, okay, this is changing the game completely. And I think it's just that access. Yeah. You know, being more accessible is what I fell in love with. I yeah. love supporting it. I love getting clinicians comfortable with delivering teletherapy. Mm-hmm. So I think watching it, supporting it. And then I did my own through yeah. COVID. I have small kids. Yep. And so my therapist, I did weekly online on my iPad. Yep. I would go and lock myself in the closet. And she's like, how are you doing this week? And I'm looking yeah. at her on the iPad. I'm like, do you hear that out there? <laughs> how like, do you think I'm doing? It's a mess. Yeah. But, you know, it yeah. allowed me. To yeah. just be able to stay home, but also get the help that I needed sure. during a very difficult time. Yeah. And that's the goal. That's what yeah. we want to do. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Teletherapy has been around for so many years, really, mm-hmm. and traditionally used by physicians or, you know, cruise ships would use it when someone broke a leg or whatever for imaging and things like that. Yeah. They would send it overseas and someone would look at it and get on teletherapy and do it. Or sometimes hospitals would do it or psychiatrists at psychiatric hospitals would do it for a very yeah. brief moments, but we never really thought of expanding it. And right. Mother Nature, what is it? Mother Nature is a necessity of invention or something yeah. like that. We yeah. were forced into we this were innovation. We were really, yeah. you know. And now today it's become mainstream. And mm-hmm. so I think it's so timely for you to be able to do this. I'm interested in hearing more about your relationship with your mom and your story from childhood and how your life evolved into where you are today. I think yeah. our audience really needs to hear that story because it really speaks to your passion of this app. Yep. So I had a beautiful relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. It was intense. It was mm-hmm. a very intense dynamic. And I only had 10 years with her. Yeah. So to start off with, she gave me up for adoption at birth. Okay. So at that time, my mom did not feel that she was fit or that she had the space mm-hmm. to have a child. But you know, the way it happened is very interesting. So yeah. she frequented a bar mm-hmm. in Montrose and my father managed the bar. And so she would come in. She was pregnant at the time. And I want to know like, what bar it was. It was the name of it was Michael's. I remember Michael's. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So my dad managed that gay white man who managed a bar. He had one arm <laughs> and my mom used to come in there. And so she's pregnant, but she's still coming in right. for drinks yeah. and she's, pouring her heart out to him and yeah. she was planning for an abortion. Yeah. And he said, look, you know, because of my lifestyle, because, you know, mm-hmm. I won't have a kid, but mm-hmm. I will take yours. Yeah. And she thought he was kidding. Right. And she was like, no, he said, you know, I will pay. I want to get you sober. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to take care of you. I'll take care of all expenses. And then, and they made an informal agreement in the bar. Right. But then a month before I was born, they did the adoption papers and, I left with him that day. I and have so, chills over yeah. my entire body. Yes. Yeah. So I lived with him. And when I was six, going mm-hmm. on seven, he passed away. Mm-hmm. And so his parents had to raise me. Wow. So we were here in Houston, but then his parents were down in Vider, Texas. 
You went from Montrose to Vider, <laughs> Texas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so that's where I was raised when I tell people that. In a that. white family. Oh, all white family. Yep. All white school, community. And when I tell people now, as I, you know, say, they say, where are you from? I say, Vider. They say, Vider? <laughs> I'm like, I yeah. was adopted by a white family. It's a long story. Right. So yeah. anyway, I grew up there. And then I was always told that my mother was dead. You know, that I my father passed away, your mom's dead, you live with your grandparents, and that was the story. Yeah. So I found out when I was a sophomore in college that she was actually alive. Wow. And I met her on Mother's Day, my sophomore year. Wow. And it was, I mean, mind-blowing. Wow. Right? My whole life I thought she was dead. And then being able to meet her, she was living in Houston Amazing. at the time. Yeah. And I was in at Sam Houston down in Huntsville. And I called her up on the phone. I actually called 411. At that time. Do you remember right. that? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. So I called and I was trying to get some information about her and mm -hmm. her name was on my birth certificate. And I said, yeah. let me just, I'm going to call. I was working at a gas station uh -huh. at that time. Okay. So it was early in the morning. It's Mother's Day. Yep. I call 411. I say, okay, you know, I'm looking for, and I give her a name. Well, a guy is coming up to pay for his gas. <laughs> so I put the phone down and she's looking up the number. Right. He walks off. I pick it up. She's on the phone. What? Yes. Oh, and she's my like, God. you know, she's asleep. It's like 630 in the morning. Right. Yeah. And she says, may I ask who's speaking? I said, well, I think I'm your daughter. Oh. And she my. says, Lacey. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, where are you? You know, all this. And, oh and I said, gosh. I'm in Huntsville. She said, come to Houston tonight. Wow. Come meet me tonight. Yeah. And that was the beginning of our story. Oh, my God. And that's how we met. Yeah. And we had 10 years together. So yeah. a couple years ago, she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And the oncologist said, look, you know, you've got nine months, yeah. even with treatment, you've got nine months to live. Right. And she and I just looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to write our own ending. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of issues. Right. You know, these yep. last nine and a half years, there've been ups, there've been downs, but we've got to reconcile it. Yeah. You know, we're going to prioritize our mm -hmm. bond. Mm -hmm. She's like, anything you want to know about me? Let's get it out. We went on a few road trips. Mm -hmm. I took care of her during treatment and yeah. she passed nine months to the day. That is amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry to beautiful, hear that. No, I'm not. Yeah. I yeah. am so honored to yeah. have had that 10 years. Absolutely. That was beautiful. That yeah. is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did she talk about your relationship with your father, your uh, adopted father? She did. Yeah. I mean, she asked, yeah, right? She sure. did. She knew nothing about, she said, how was it growing up? Right. When I met her, yeah. she didn't even know that he had passed away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was like, what? You know? And I said, she said, how was it growing up? And then mm -hmm. she had lots of questions about how was I treated in right. Vider as mm -hmm. a, you know, a small black child sure. in this homogenous yeah. white environment. So she had lots of questions. Yeah. She had lots of guilt. Yeah. You know, I think she was worried that I didn't, she thought I was going to be in Houston. That's, right. That was the plan, sure. be in Montrose. Right. So I think she harbored a lot of mm -hmm. guilt. Yeah. And then I had some resentment yeah, as well. Yeah, of course well. she did. You know, yeah. I meet her, I come to Houston. She's thriving. She's yeah. doing well. Yeah. She's in this nice condo in the Heights yeah. and a VP of this ad agency. And I'm like... Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, like That is not the story that I got. You know, I got right. a story that you were an addict and you had, yeah. you know, you were mm -hmm. not fit and you look fine to me. Yeah. And so I had lots of, you know, but we worked through it. Yep. It was yeah. hard, but yeah. you know, she had, you know, her reasons and, but the beautiful part is that we were able to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. We were able yeah. to say, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what decisions, what happened, you know, you're dying. Yep. 
And I love you, and I'm caring for you, and I yeah. forgive you, and yeah, that I'm is proud just of that. What it, I am too. I'm yeah. so proud of Thank you. That's you. amazing. How were you treated growing up in Vider? Well, you know what? Okay, I was treated wonderfully. Good. I had the most amazing family. Yeah. I'm the most protective family. Mm -hmm. I think I was the favorite yeah. of the family. <laughs> I was the favorite at school. I yeah. was prom queen, class president. Like, you know, I don't have this, you know, yeah. story of, you know, yeah, trauma. abuse or trauma yeah. or. Yeah. So I had a beautiful childhood. I'll say that. But I also had one mm -hmm. at which I did not embrace my identity. Yeah. So when I was small, I think to protect me, my family was, if anybody asks, you're not black. Right. Okay, so I'm like, so what am I? They're like, well, your mom was Hawaiian, which she was Samoan, so yeah. they got the, you there know. There you go, yeah. And they said that my father was the white man who yeah. adopted me. Wow. So at that point, I was not even told that I was adopted. So right. my whole life, I said, well, I'm Hawaii Hawaiian and white, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So I think until I got older, when I got to college, yep. I had black roommates Right. And I had black sweet mates right. and they were asking about my, you know, they said, how'd you grow up in Biter? And they said, well, you do know you're black, right? And I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, no. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh. Bro, you're they're black. Like, they're like, you are joking. Look at your hair. Look at your, and they are still like my best friends oh, yeah. to this day. Sure. And they tell this story. It's so embarrassing. I love it. And, but you know, I was treated well. Yeah. Sure. And I think until I got older and I understood, yeah. okay, this is my identity and took going through college for me to right. embrace sure. who I was. Yeah. Now going back, I'm like, wow, this place is a little sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. a little, Absolutely. this is a tough place a to be black thought, yeah. and to be, you know, sure. so, but I had, yeah. my experience was great. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And all of that experience, you know, you and I have somewhat similar stories, but different stories. You know, I had a sister die of drug addiction and I had a sister die of cancer and a mother who has passed and a father who died at 10. And so yeah. we, you and I have both had that loss of experience from our family members and that's difficult. And I'm doing what I do today because it's a passion and it's what I lived through with my family. And I feel like this is what brought you on this journey to develop this app is your relationship with your yeah. family and your mom. Did the two of you do therapy, individual therapy or couples therapy, family therapy together? We did not do it together. Yeah. She went through a little bit of individual therapy <laughs> over the years. Yeah. And then she did a rehab program. So yeah. she was an alcoholic. So she did go through rehab. She got yeah. sober for a little while, yeah. but we didn't do any, you know, mother daughter therapy, but sure. I wish that right. my app, would have been around because we would have done it. She was yeah. so open to that, you know, yep. all type of modalities. She was always self-help. Yeah. So we would have been open to it, but I think we just didn't have, we didn't have that offering in our face. It's right. not like it is today yep. where everything you see on your feed is mental health and hashtag self-care. Yeah. That wasn't happening. Yeah. But I think if, you know, if it were, we would have definitely. Absolutely. You know, it, yeah. Know? That is so amazing. What an amazing story. What do you see in the future for the app? Well, there, I have three other products and services mm -hmm. that are going to support the app, which I'm really excited about. So I'm building out these mother-daughter cabins. Mm -hmm. And so they're sort of like a bespoke tiny houses yeah. that are for this, you know, non-distracted getaway for mother-daughter pairs mm -hmm. to book the cabins. You can either book them with a clinician that comes to visit the cabin mm -hmm. and does therapy, or you can just do it as a restful weekend, unplugged. Right. So those cabins are something that I'm working on that'll be ready this fall. Amazing. Yeah. So and those is it will, here in the Houston area? 
It's in the southeast Texas all right, area. All right. Yep. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So then I have live events. So yeah. I've already hosted three, which have gone very well. And so we're going to do one per quarter. Mm-hmm. So my clinical team will help me. We'll yeah. have very thoughtful agendas for mother-daughter pairs mm-hmm. to come, whether it's lunch in the park, yeah. you know, if we're going to do spa days, right. things like that. So yeah. those events. And then an online gift shop for thoughtful gifting. Absolutely. So all of these things are going to support the app. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is tailored to the mother-daughter relationship for the business. So I see, you know, we nail that over the next five years. We really get it down to a T and Mm -hmm. then expand. So how can we take this model and do it for father-son? Absolutely. How can we take this model and do it for lovers and friends, et cetera? Right. But we're laser focused on moms and of daughters. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. just amazing. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I see myself packaging up passport journeys yeah. and selling it, <laughs> getting acquired, yeah. you know, and my kids at that time will be, I have a five and a three-year-old yeah. and they'll be older. And so I think after this five-year push, I'll take some time Yeah, and I'll just be yeah. soccer momming it yeah. until my next big idea. Absolutely. That's the hope. I'm sure more will just continue to roll out. Yeah. That's what entrepreneurial yeah. minds do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're still in therapy. I'm still in therapy. Still in therapy, doing yeah. therapy. My husband and I actually use yeah. a teletherapy app, Regain. Yep. It's under BetterHelp. And we see our therapist weekly. Yeah. I it. see my therapist weekly on Doxy yeah. Me every yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, very good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Every Tuesday at 1045. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm not there. She calls. Yeah. We love it. I love yeah, it. I do too. I think mm-hmm. it's so important as a part of just all of our general lives and keeping our engines running smoothly and our mind running smoothly and having someone that is a third party just speaking with and helping us maintain and navigate life in a healthy way. So I think that this app with mothers and daughters and then eventually others and families and what have you is just so important to the world and what you're adding to it. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. that's so cool. Yeah. So tell everybody how they can reach you and ask questions about the app or see if they can help in any way. Sure. Are you going to do, by the way, as a side note, are you looking for any funding? Yes. (laughs) I just finished my first investor pitch deck and I have my five-year performa. So I am all ready to go into a, I'm interested in venture capital, pre-seed round, friends and family round. So I'm ready for funding. This first year, we need about 200,000. So I'm going to start a fundraise very soon. And then to reach me, we have passportjourneysapp.com as the website. I'm very active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Great. So I post our journey there. So connect with me, add me. I'd love to have more people. Yeah, you bet. And it's Lacey Tizano. Yes. Lacey Tizano. And you guys, please keep up with her. Keep up with her journey. Look her up on LinkedIn. She's an amazing, successful woman that I'm so proud of to be now friends with, I think. Thank you. Thank you. And we want you to stay in touch with us and we want to help you in whatever way we can. So thanks for being here today. And everyone, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Look us up as well at jflowershealth.com, 713-783-6655. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank you.